Yeah, my nominee would be uh, Jason Whitlock for ah, his. Uh, his get <laughs> out of here, bro! Get the fuck out of here! Oh man, Jason for his, uh, yeah, that nigga's black card has been been confiscated. His, his contributions to the uh, black community through his uh, butt dancing and kumbaya performance. <laughs> Hey, what's good? It's your boy, SB Report 706, Archie Leash on Twitter. This is the Committee Podcast. We have the usual suspects, Marcus Sniffles, El Chapa, and AC3 Savage. What's good with y'all? Hola. We out. We out here. Man, we out here grinding. We out here grinding. Yo, I think the new the new motto for the podcast might be, we don't do nothing, we just kick it. I was watching real quick this time. <laughs> Have you seen that uh, hip hop like history or hip hop uh, that one show on Netflix they got? Hip hop revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the one yes. about the dirt, dirty sound? Yes. With the he's like JD was looking. Uh, he seen Chris yes. Cross at the ball. He's like, he's like, what do y'all do? He's like, we don't do nothing. We just kick it. We just he's like, oh, I gotta get y'all a record. Like, we gonna get paid, huh? <laughs> I, think, I see what you did there. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to do a part four of that, but I can tell you what, they're not leaving the South for a while. Like, it's yeah, going to be yeah, Atlanta, uh, Florida, Mississippi, maybe, I guess if you consider Memphis the South, like, they're not going <laughs> North ever again if they keep go- doing that series. Yeah, they they even said in that episode, like, yo, this, the South pretty much took over the East and the West. Yeah. But anywho, yeah. go check that out on Netflix. It's pretty legit. But uh, this week, we got a, a couple of interesting topics, as usual. Appreciate y'all kicking in with us. Y'all can follow us on Twitter, drop review on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Let's jump right into it. So your man's 45. He's actually, he seems to have some, uh, maybe some sort of heart that he wants to ban certain flavors of e-cigarettes particularly like jewels, which were initially marketed to young people. And uh, if you don't know what e-cigarettes are, they're pretty much kind of a uh, an unproven way to get people to stop smoking traditional cigarettes. But of course, the teens and younger than teen kids have uh, latched on to them, introducing the nicotine younger and younger, making it look cool because it's sleek, it's digital. You can plug it in, you can charge it. And I know El Chapa, she has some things she wants to talk about. So I'm going to let her jump on the mic. All right. So, yes, you're absolutely right. When it comes to these e-cigarettes, I think a lot of the the hype around it, too, is like the big puffs. Like, ooh, who could get a bigger puff? Similar when you go to do hookah, but on a whole nother scale. Um, so with that being said, recently, the current president decided uh, between he and his wife and the administration, they wanted to move forward to start banning e-cigarettes and um, with companies such as Jules and whatnot. Now, here's the thing. I'm not taking any sources from that administration or him. I'm going to go straight to the source, which is the CDC. And I will say that there is this sort of outbreak. It seemed like everybody, including at work, like you go to the smoke pit, all these fools are out here with, not fools, but, you know, they're out there with their jewels and there are other bigger, fatter ones. I don't fucking know, but it's a really big thing from... Making IG videos and yeah, 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 from these college kids to like grown ass adults, and it's cool because you want to let go um, of the real deal, which is why a lot of people start to turn to that these e-cigarettes. I remember when e-cigarettes not the level of jewels, but back in the day, like the regular ones, 
um, that look like little cigarettes and just had a little red light at the tip, um, that you can use those to kind of get your nicotine fix to kind of weed off of the real deal. Uh, however, this is like a whole other scale, right? And it's to the point where we've had in our country alone 380 cases of lung illness uh, associated with the product, according to the CDC, to include six deaths confirmed in California, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Minnesota, and Oregon. So when I'm looking at the CDC report, uh, there's a couple things that stood out to me. One of them being that it's not necessarily in just one particular state to where you can say, oh, it's just a bad batch coming out of Florida. No, this is Arkansas, Can uh, Canada, not Canada, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, New York, New Jersey, Texas, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington State, and, and more. It's just pretty much everywhere. Nor have they been able to deem that it's coming from a specific, I don't. I know you said flavor, but I haven't said it's coming from a specific flavor because when it comes to these e-cigarettes, yeah, they have flavors. They have the ones with THC. They have the one with the CBD oils. They also have just straight up nicotine. Then they have some that are with a few mixtures that people are doing. And with everything looking into it, it doesn't seem to be like a, there's not a particular strain. There's no control with these deaths that's occurring. They're not saying that it's from a particular company either to where you can say, stop using jewels. No, because there's multiple companies. With these six deaths that have been reported amongst these different states, each of them were different. And of the cases that we have out there, like I said, 380, the lung illnesses associated with the e-cigarettes are from on a whole nother scale. Some are more severe, some are less severe, some are where they're able to, you know, not reverse the illness, but kind of get better and treated. There's no real cure at this point. So yeah, that is alarming and concerning. However, I'm going to give a quick shout out to a guy on Twitter named Adam Beck. Adam Beck. Yep, that's his name. Um, and he tweeted this. And I was just like, I had to like it and retweet. He says, weird how six people die from vaping. The federal government institutes a ban within weeks. But 20 kindergartners, 22 people at Walmart, 49 at a nightclub, and 50 at a concert are shot and killed. And there's nothing that can be done. So not to go back on this topic of gun control, but my God, let's talk about Yes, this whole e-cigarette thing, it is alarming and they should continue to look into it like the CDC is doing. And it's cool that we have the government caring about this too. However, we have a much bigger topic that is on everybody's minds and it's a continuing uh, result, not result, discussion. And then nothing is coming as a result is what I'm trying to get at. So my God, you guys step in because I'm over this. So real quick, Juul is an estimated value at $38 billion. So my thought is that mm -hmm. I think the reason that 45 might be banning uh, some of these flavors, because, again, they're not they're not trying to get rid of all the Juuls or vapes. They're just trying to get rid of the flavors that kids like, like menthol and minty flavors and fruity flavors. Like, they'll still do, like, the tobacco flavors. But they're but that's not value. solving the issue. That's not well, solving the issue. What, what, it's, whatever it's, flavor you're using, does it matter? Yeah, but part of the issue was people were buying like uh, third party jewels or vapes like off the side of streets and they weren't regulated and people were making these potions in their basements, stuff like that. So that's part of the issue. But Jewel is valued at thirty eight billion dollars. So I feel like forty five didn't invest in this. So he's like, you know what? I'm not getting no money <laughs> off this. Let's get this shit out of here. Possibly. So. Possibly. And yeah. I hate I don't want to compare this to gun control or whatever. I keep going back to that. 
However, I mean, look at how but many guns are it. out there on the streets. I am. Because look at how many guns are out there on the streets. Not regulated. Then you have the ones that are, and then it's still not helping. I'm just saying. Yeah. I think the intent behind, like, e-cigarettes are good because they do show, like, medically, there's a substantially less damage because, again, there's not all the, the chemicals and then, like, the... uh the combustion of the smoke and all the other uh, stuff that gets in your lungs, which causes like or leads to cancer and things like that. But again, this is yeah. so new that we, we don't have enough research to to know if this is any long run better. What we do know is it is introducing more kids to nicotine younger and younger. And they said that there's no uh, there's no de definitive proof that this is helping people stop smoking. Like now what's yeah, happening is that. people people will vape and smoke. Like I know people that don't smoke, but they vape. But the purpose was to get people that smoked not to vape. But now you're picking up new people. So again, when you have these kids mm -hmm. that are hooked on nicotine, and their jewel is in charge, or you know they left their vape at home, well, hey, let me get let me let me let me get a drag of your cigarette. You know what I'm saying? Like the cycle continues. So I, I believe it is a a scam or whatever. But yes, we'll see what happens, my, man. My thoughts on this is this sounds like a white people problem. I'm black. I'm not worried. Forty-five. But do what you got to do. It is. It, it's a white people problem. Six people died. Whoop de do. There's been hundreds of thousands of people died from cigarettes anyway. You know the risk of smoking, regardless. Like that's the same with like hookahs and everything else. Like you know, it's it's the the data is there. There is nothing to hide. People are dying from smoking. Don't smoke is the the message. So, I mean, if 45 wants to do this as like an alley-oop or I, I don't even know, like, when is, when is he out? Uh, January 2021. I, I'm just waiting for that. That's all I'm waiting for. Fuck it. You think, you think, you think 21, you think, <laughs> you better hope. The new, the new president will be just like when, when, uh, 45, uh, his inauguration was in 17, even though he's voted for oh, six. Yeah. I mean, you're assuming yeah. you know what? 45 ain't going to win. Yeah, you assume he's losing. You assume he's oh, going to lose. Hey, you so know what? That's I, I a know. perfect, perfect transition. How many of y'all checked out the Democratic debate? I sure did. I, I, was, I, was, I was out of town. I was actually in D.C. Oh, well, the debate was in <laughs> D.C. So. I was oh, debating these cheeseburgers, but okay. Okay. So real quick, uh, L, since you checked it out, did you? what did you take away? Did anybody stand out to you at this one in particular? No. Really? Really? I mean, I think, I think overall, I don't think I really saw any difference. Um, I think Elizabeth Warren was Elizabeth Warren. I think you get pretty much straightforward responses from her. And um, I like her as a candidate. Now you have people like Castillo like over there. Yeah, yeah, people like Castillo. He really turned me off. Like he was being very petty and being throwing out jabs below the belt towards Biden and stuff. And uh, a lot nah, of things that he was that's saying. Perception. That's perception. Yeah, I heard, I heard it's, it's, it's a debate. Do, do, you, do you, roasted. So do you think... He sure was think, getting roasted. So again, if you if they can't handle that, like, what are they going to do with 45? Because he systematically roasted that's, every that's, single person that opposed him. So like, if y'all are mad oh, at yeah. that, like, this, this is why things are going to debate. That's if he even went to the debate. Because a lot of times he didn't go to those debates. When he was ready. Big but he my point is, uh, you're right. He my point is, cash. I just feel like I, I don't like want to see the pettiness because 
45 does that, and that doesn't appeal to me, and it doesn't appeal to a lot of other people. Yes, yeah, sure, that kind of attitude. Eventually, people. it got into the <laughs> White House. I get that. However, that's to me, that's not the answer. Talk about your politics. Talk about that. Put your, more of your energy. Get more hype about what you're going to bring to the table. Because the more we continue to beat each other down and do all that type of shit, he's going to feed off of that completely. So that's how I look at it. I was a little bit turned off that's, by that's, him. I mean, that's 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 kind of the point, though, because he he's gonna go after your whole family, and he like he's gonna be like, and I feel I feel like voters will look at that if you don't at least defend yourself. Voters will look at you as soft, like you you're not you're gonna let this man talk crazy about you, and you ain't gonna say nothing back. You're just gonna stick to politics. Okay, so what happens if you know uh, China or, or whoever starts talking talking crazy about you? Just gonna let it slide. Like some people, they they want that, and they they didn't get that, and maybe you know yeah. forty five got a little bit of help on the side, but that's you know here neither here nor there, you know. But well, he, you got to be able to. Not throw maybe some he did. Russia, Russia, we'll say it. Russia, <laughs> it was proven allegedly. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, all the, all the major all the major national security uh, agencies said that there was tampering, so that's that is a fact. Let yeah. me fact check that, but um. Yeah, it, it was interesting that I like to see that because that's going to create a buzz. Like also your your girl, um, Kamala Harris, her strategy was interesting. Like her strategy was pretty much to uh, patronize 45 and she's probably looking yeah. for him, looking for him to respond to her so she can go back and forth with him to build up a buzz. Because, again, that's essentially what he did, like put out those clips where now this is on the news and this is the news cycle. This is on Twitter. Everybody's talking about it where it keeps her name buzzing and keeps her in the spotlight. Cause there's, you've got to be able to separate yourself from these other 10 candidates and getting a hot clip that goes viral or it makes it a CNN or Fox or MSNBC is the best way to do that. So I applaud her strategy, but the one person that stood out to me that I kind of surprised is still even in the runnings. Who did surprisingly. Who did no, I do like, I do like people to judge. But no, it was uh, Beto. Beto actually stood out to me for two things that he said. Two things that he said. And again, it, your boy, I see the guy says this is dream selling season because a lot of these things these people say they're not going to follow through with. But he did sell the dream to me, and I, I was kind of I was kind of intrigued. The first thing he was talked about was uh, gun control, and mm -hmm. he specifically said that he's like, "What are you going to do about gun control?" Because of course they had the shooting in El Paso where he's from. <laughs> And he came out and said, he's like, hell yeah, I'm going to take your AR-15s, AR I'm going to take your AK-47s. Like, he's not with the buyback. He's like, if you got them guns, if they're used for killing human beings to shred up bodies, I am taking them back. And I was like, that's very bold. I, I like that. I like that you came out it and was. said that. And then yes, he also I, I was saw uh, that. I heard that. Uh, I kind of think he lost the election right there. You lost a lot of people saying that. He did. The people, the people but I, I, the I respected it. Guns are blazing. Yeah, the people that voted for 45, they ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> yeah, but the people, but the people that vote for forty five weren't listening to him anyways. But there could be people that were on the fence that maybe lost yeah, a family yeah. or know somebody lost a family that could that could sway them. Because you got to really think about it. Why does a human being need an AK forty seven or AR fifteen? There's no reason. I mean, like I think that I mean he, he I he's going there. It's scary, but like he's using common sense right now, and I don't know if that's really maybe not. And, I, and maybe it's a good thing because, you know, it's, it is something that as someone that didn't watch the debate, I did see that clip going around. So, I mean, it did go viral. So I guess it's a, it's a good strategy to get people talking. I just don't I, 
I just kind of, I feel like I know some of these people that vote for 45 or, you know, or, you know, super, you know, second amendment people. And I know they, how, I know how they took that when he said that. And I don't know if that was a, a great strategy. It's, it's, I think it's a good idea. I'm, I like it, but yeah, it's well, about winning. I'm it's surprised about, it's about he winning. even still here. So for him to put that out there confidently. And then he also has some good points about race that I can't remember right now, but he seemed to address it in a, in a good way. Uh, he, I think he said he would vote or try to do a bill for reparations to try to fix some of the uh, original sins that America has uh, placed upon people of color, specifically African-Americans who built this country. So I'm, I can rock with that. Again, will any of this get done? No, but it, it sounds good. Hell but... no. Hell no. We have a better <laughs> chance of getting that wall built. Yeah, I'm, so I, I did finally watch the Dave Chappelle stand-up special, and Dave Chappelle had the point. The only way you're going to change gun laws is if black people all go register and uh, register for a handgun, register for uh, concealed weapons, and they will change the law immediately. They're like, nope, we need tougher background <laughs> yeah. checks. We need more checks. I need to know who your family is. I need to know who your grandma is. Like, I need all that. So I was going to say, they need to, like, uh, you. black people need to have, like, a gun show outside of Popeye's when they're having that free chicken sandwich deal. They'll change that shit real quick, real quick. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. I encourage all my young brothers and sisters to get a gun. Like, why not? They got them. You might as well get one too. But at least be proficient, learn how to use it. Don't just have one, and then if you have to use it, you're fumbling around and shooting yourself in the toe. But we didn't even have this on the list. But Popeyes, real quick, Popeyes oh. is bugging. <laughs> Again? Like, they're, they're why are you talking bag. about Popeyes, man? Like, come on, bro. Did you see the the BYOB? Chicken sandwich. Yes, thing. I, I did. Don't think that's Bro, come on, dog. No, I thought that was a joke. That's on their official Twitter account. Like, yeah, they, but as like a joke, to just was a keep terrible, the buzz going. Terrible, terrible joke. We just bring the sandwiches back. Like we don't have to. Oh, let's now try to sell chicken tenders. Hey, bring your own bun. Like, bro, like you're trying to use the worst of humanity to sell chicken tenders. Like. People were literally bringing buns to your restaurant, bro. Just make more chicken sandwiches, bro. Like, it's not that that that's a terrible strategy. Like, plus, not every see- bun tastes the same, so that was not gonna yeah, work. Yeah, come on, bro. Yeah, because like, that yeah. bun is is drizzled in butter, and that shit tastes so good. But you know, bring bring back the chicken sandwich. I understand where you're coming from. I just thought it was just a joke, honestly. But you know, it was a terrible joke. And again, while we're on bad social funny, media, but- this. While we're on bad social media, again, this isn't the Falcons podcast. A shout out to uh, Jif Queen, who tried to record the podcast and doesn't know how to operate the recording equipment, and it disappeared. I bet it was fire because we uh, took an L. But I don't know if you saw. I know Marcus saw this, but the Atlanta Falcons, so, the team that I so support, trash. They, they put out a hype video, right? Now, guys, guys and gals, it is the year of our Lord, 2019. Man, Harry Douglas, take, right? Take, yeah, okay. No, 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 no. The, the star of the hype video was Bone Crusher. Let me repeat that. It's 20, <laughs> Hold it on, I just spit on my laptop, man. Come on. Bro, they decided to spit on my laptop. I didn't even know Bone Crusher was alive still. I'm not going to lie. Didn't know he was alive. But they uh, they Aww. pulled Bone Crusher out of the out of the, the catacombs and like, yo, come do a Falcon's Hype video. And I don't know what variation of the Dirty Bird they were attempting to do in the background, but man, man, that was horrible. It was so bad to the point that they deleted it within three hours because Falcons fans gave them the business. Like, bro, you know, 
you know how many times I'm gonna get roasted this season because the video's so out there. Because I clearly found it on Twitter. Like anytime it's something bad. bad happens, gonna, yeah. Like I'm not gonna lie, whatever slander we get, as Falcon supporters, we earned it. Like who who thought that was okay? Like of all the a- a- rappers and athletes and all the kind of people in Atlanta, you could have got. Yeah, they could they could have got a crime mob. That if you want to go old school, uh, yo, crime mob would have been perfect. Or look, John and Eastside, but Ooh. Bone Crusher is a one hit wonder. Two thousand two, cut the check. Like this, yeah, bone, bro. Like, come on, man. Bone man, Crusher got bone. Bone. <laughs> His his bro, last his last they, album came out in two thousand seven. What are you doing, bro? They could do like <laughs> you could you could walk out of the 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 Georgia Dome and throw a rock and find an Atlanta rapper. Like, come on, guys. That, that's probably what they did. Bone Crusher was just hanging outside the Georgia Dome, and Atlanta the the social media director opened the door like, "Hey, any rappers out here?" And Bone Crusher was like, "Oh, what? Oh, I can I I do something." Okay, but my like, my thing is now now myself and South Breeze. Well, and yourself, we've all been to Falcons game. I know at least three times I've been there, I've seen Pastor Troy. You could have even got Pastor Troy over over Bone Crusher. Like, I, that's yeah, so left field. Yeah, because you did have a flip phone. Yeah, you had a flip phone. The man was on the Andrew Luck program. <laughs> hey, that's how you got to do it. <laughs> yo, Bone Crusher? Yo, <laughs> Shout out to people in 2019 that have flip phones. Like, if you have a flip phone in 2019, holla at me. Uh, SB Report 706 on Twitter. I need to have a conversation with you. But yeah, I, I don't want to dwell on that, but that was bad. Like, they could have got, like, they could have had a video of, like, Andre 3000's digital flute, like, just sitting on a table and him talking in the background. That'd have been way better than that Bone Crusher shit, bro. Like, and I tweeted that the only thing that can save us is a verse from Outcast. So Atlanta Falcons cut the check. Stop being cheap. Y'all just made a bunch of money off those uh, new Falcon shirts. Uh, it's pretty much it has a Falcons logo and it says uh, F all y'all. So it's pretty much Falcons versus all y'all. But it really looks like F y'all or F all y'all. So I bought two. So I know y'all got a bunch of money. Cut the check. Get Outcast out here. Get Ludacris out here. Get somebody. But Bone Crusher? Nah, Shout out to him for getting the Killer Mike has a barbershop across the street in the uh, where the Hawks play. Like you couldn't go to your neighbor and be like, "Hey, Killer Mike, can you give us a verse? Do something? Say something? Like get a more recent rapper. Good God, do better." And, and that <laughs> and that, that kind of and that talks to the, the the having people that represent us in the room because there was clearly nobody in that room. When that decision was made to be like, "Hey, uh, let's get fucking bone pressure." Oh yeah, I ain't never scared, bro. Like, nah, bro. Somebody would have played. They could have even did a social media poll, like, yo, so which rapper should we have to do a hype video? Bone Crusher would have got 0% of the votes. Straight up. This is why, this is why Jay-Z is working with the NFL to fix problems like this. Facts. Facts. You know what? <laughs> shout out to Hope. Matter of fact, I'm going I'm to I'm hit Hope up on Twitter be like, yo, help us. Help us, Jay-Z. Help us, Black Jesus. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's 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 move off of that. What are we gonna talk about next? I know you you want to talk about Marcus, uh, your Black History Museum predictions. Like, what's the the genesis behind that? Like, what what is the thought oh, of that? Oh shit! Oh yeah. Uh, so this past week, I went up to DC and went up to the uh, Black History Museum. I would suggest if if you're ever in DC, you gotta go to it. Like, it's a must see thing. Uh, we went and we we got there. It opens at. It either opens at like nine or ten o'clock. I think it's ten o'clock. It opens at ten o'clock, and they close at like five five thirty. We got there at ten ten, 
we didn't leave that place until about five o'clock. It takes that long. And if I was to do it again, I would suggest people go and do like split it in half. Like there's two uh, sections. Like uh, you go down, down to the bottom floor. You start at the beginning of like at the beginning, like right before slavery times and work your way up to 2000. It goes to like 2008, I think, right around that time. I would it I would devote a day to just those three floors. And then the next day I would go to the, the top three floors where they have like art galleries about more detailed about like specific people as far as like music, uh, sports, arts, history, um, uh, innovation, uh, entrepreneur, stuff like that. And, and we were going through it and probably the, one of the more, uh, recent athletes that had their own little wing was the Venus, the Venus and Serena Williams. And I was kind of thinking like, okay, so I see what it looks like now. And I was, I was talking to my wife about, it. I was like, I wonder what it's going to look like, what the African museum, African history museum is going to look like, say 20 years from now, what other things that have been happening are going to be placed in that. And my suggestion, my, my prediction would be, um, Colin Kaepernick. I feel like within 20 years, they'll be able to put him in there and, and explain his impact on like social justice, what's happening with the NFL, stuff like that. And obviously I feel like Beyonce is going to have her own wing in there with what she's been doing as a, as an artist, uh, being extremely uh black and her activism stuff like that maybe even jay-z and i, I kind of asked everybody else like what what or who they thought would would be the next uh part and it kind of sucks that i'm thinking i'm only naming athletes and entertainers obviously i think lebron james would, would probably get one too with the stuff that he's done with activism and building schools so that's that's where that came from and also to the this is way, way off topic, but if you're a DJ at a strip club, do not play Chance the Rapper. What are you doing? What? Like, why? Why do you feel the need to play Chance the Rapper? I don't want to hear rapper. Chance the Rapper. I don't want to hear Chance the Rapper making the weird-ass noises that he makes talking about his wife when my dick is out at my gray sweatpants. Like, I don't need to hear that. Like, no. Play some, play some The Baby, play some Future play some Megan Thee Stallion, play whatever. Do not have Chance the Rapper on your DJ set list at a strip club. That is offensive. Do not do that. I will fight the next person that does that. Well. Just randomly, somebody said that they think the baby and Megan Thee Stallion are having the same run. Uh, I think they said Nicki Minaj and Drake were having in 2010. I was like, what? Do white people know who the baby is? Do white people know who Megan Thee Stallion is? Nah, bro. But anyway, I think they know. I uh, think they know of Megan Thee Stallion. They don't know Megan Thee Stallion, and I and I damn sure know they don't know who the baby is. That's for damn sure. Shit, okay, I don't so, know who the baby uh, is. Honestly, he's not. He's not bad. I mean, uh, I've heard him, Mr. Savage. Who? Um. Uh, anyway, what, what who do you name? think would be in the Black History Museum in twenty years? Who would you think? Who would you put in there? Who's your nominee? Wow, that's a good question. I mean, well, first and foremost, of course. LeBron would be the first choice uh, that I could think of, but of course that was already named. Um, was 
was uh, President Obama in there already, or? Yeah, yeah, he was in there. Okay, like he's pretty much like at the end at the end of his second term. That's pretty much where it stops. Ooh, I mean, I guess Jay Z, maybe I don't know. And and on a side note, I I feel like. Just because, like, I, I watch, I don't watch a lot of documentaries. I'm not one of those people, but I do watch a, a handful of documentaries. But I feel like we're going to look back on this presidency, no matter how long it lasts, and all the albums and movies and documentaries that come out are going to be, like, historic. I feel like, I feel like we're going to look back 20 years from now and look at all the art that was created outside of, uh, or in spite of like this presidency, because if you look at a lot of things, like as far as like the the Black Panthers and and hip hop and um, you know just just about anything uh, culturally significant for Black people, it starts from a place of like pain or oppression or uh, trying to rise up and fight against something. And I feel like we're kind of in that period right now, to where there's going to be a lot of people creating a lot of things to make some noise as far as like speaking out against what is going on and what has been going on. And, you know, I think, you know, 20 years from now, when we talk to our kids about this, this time, uh, we'll be able to point to, you know, instead of pointing to spoken word poetry, we'll be able to point to a certain podcast or certain albums or certain movies or documentaries that came out during this time. Okay. I definitely yeah. second that. Sorry. Um, but I definitely Ooh. second that because I've been to the museum and, you know, I don't know if you recall as you're making your way up, but there's a, a point where they're showing history. They're showing about the projects. They're showing uh, literally like the, the protesters um, signs. Like there's a whole wall of it, like hallway of it. I thought that was so beautiful. So I think they this era, <laughs> take it as good or bad or whatever, is definitely going to be there as well. So who would, who would be your nominee? I'll try. I don't know why he's laughing, but um, I, <laughs> I think that Rihanna would be there because her breakthrough with Fenty was huge, and then she has Fenty Savage with the lingerie, and then she's going, she's she's going to blow up. She's going to take over or continue to take over the industry. Not to mention, she's obviously a big advocate. Uh, for the community as well as the work that she does in Barbados. She does a lot of humanitarian work. So I think that Rihanna will have a place there as well, eventually. So hold on, pause real quick. Um, <clears throat> I'm surprised you didn't say Beyonce if she's not already in He already there. said Beyonce. He already said Beyonce. Uh, I'm not going to say the I same person. He, he said Beyonce uh, and Jay-Z. He already said him. I, I got it. So two things, two <laughs> things. So I had to have a I had to have a tough conversation with the wife to ask her how she felt about being a co-parent because the news is broken that uh, Rihanna is pregnant. So, guys, uh, I'm going to be a father soon. So, you know, congratulations to me. And she wasn't happy about it. But <laughs> I thought I thought that I was, was a, like, a lot of people were talking about that being a baby belly. And I couldn't tell. But, you know, the, 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 you know the, I know we, we're we're excited about our new seed that is coming. And uh, I just want you to pray for me in my new uh, journey in the fatherhood. But you second wish. of all, Rihanna cannot be on this list and I was going to add this to the top of the list because I just remembered it but I didn't research it but she definitely uh, gave uh, Sean King an award and Sean King apparently is out here scamming people so <laughs> I mean, scam my Shut up. <laughs> dead ass I'm dead ass serious. like D-Ray was like flaming him he wrote an article I forgot to read but yeah she's not making it in bro 
<laughs> like th- this whole Sean King thing is hilarious. Like, like they say he's black, but then they say like his dad's white. I don't. I'm very confused about this. Topic. Hey, Talcum X, as they oh, call no. him. Yeah, he. I doubt he's. They got, a, they got a whole list. They got a whole list. <laughs> She'll, oh she'll be just fine. She'll be just fine. You can't have somebody in the Black History Museum supporting a fake, uh, the the male Rachel Dolezal scammer of mm, black people. Mm, that's that's not gonna mm, work. Mm. That's not gonna work. Yikes! Whatever. Big Lucky big yikes! yikes. <laughs> big yikes! <laughs> oh my god! I need to go back and read this, but. Yeah, my nominee would be uh, Jason Whitlock for his. Uh, his- <laughs> Get out of here, bro! Get the fuck out of here! Oh man, Jason, for his, uh, yeah, that nigga's black card has been contrib- been confiscated. His, his contributions to the uh, black community through his uh, butt dancing and kumbaya performance. <laughs> <laughs> I know his big but no, tail of a tail loves to get broke off behind pl- closed doors. Badass nigga. Uh, but T.I. is the person that I, I, I forgot about. T.I., he does a lot of charity work. He always speaks up for the brothers and stuff like that. Even though he's a seven-time felon or eight or nine-time felon, I think he deserves a spot if he doesn't have one. He deserves a spot for having to... Never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> But, um, you know, <laughs> be nice, okay? Be nice. Shout out to Tiny. Shout out to Tiny. Um, oh. <laughs> you're an asshole. I did listen to a podcast with uh, Jason Whitlock, which I sent to y'all. I don't think anybody checked it out, but Hell 99% no. <laughs> of it was trash. I might have to unfollow this guy, Curtis Schoon. The only reason I follow him is because, I guess, Combat Jack, I think, recommended him. But most of it was trash. Like he clearly has an agenda or whatever, and he definitely gave Jason Whitlock a lot of softball questions. But the one thing that I will say that I got from it is that even though Forty Five is in office, a, a lot of the narrative with a lot of black people or people of color is that we can't succeed at all because of him. We we and which isn't true. Like I do agree with that. Like we can't act like the world just stopped because he's in the office. Like a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to get us killed. Like he clearly hasn't got us killed yet. They they felt like the world was going to end. The world hasn't end. All I'm saying is I did agree that we can't fixate on him. We have to worry about ourselves to an extent. And that what I also learned about him is that he's a, I guess, a capitalist overall because he does work for, you know, Fox or whatever. He said he's never voted either too, which was interesting. And he doesn't really support 45 or whatever, even though he's called a coon all the time. But I will give him credit because he said, like, wherever he goes, black unemployment drops. So whenever he goes to a network or gets a job, he tries to hire black, which I can't hate on that. And he was like, yo, you know, you got to get the bag. Uh, if you can show a track record, people can work with you regardless of their political affiliations. Because I really thought about it like, bro, like Fox Sports 1 really put Michael Vick on TV, right? And if you think about this, like, Mike Vick might be the most hated black man of all time for the pure fact that he killed dogs. OJ Simpson? And we know how much like, we, he killed dogs. Gonna, he killed Mike? He killed dogs. He, he killed it's, dogs. It's close. Like people care about dogs more. It's close. I would say Bro, I say that, dogs. We should put right. that to a poll. We should put that to the poll. Who's the most hated black person in America, like ever? 
Obama, Mike Vick, or uh, uh, OJ Simpson. OJ. That's a tough one. But they have him. Honestly, they gave him a job. Like he again, he. I I I get I get the vision, but but no, my real answer would be Combat Jack. Uh, I know Mark was talking about podcasts. Like he was really an innovator in what he was doing in the podcast game, as far as getting uh, interviews and really breaking out hip hop history. Like his podcast is literally like a, a history show for hip hop, starting from like the origins to going through a lot of the different uh different uh coasts, like West Coast, East Coast, the South. He had a lot of great interviews. If you have not listened to his podcast, definitely check it out. Uh, he definitely he uh, passed away a couple years ago, but his podcast uh, lives forever. So I would like to see him in the Black History Museum at some point. I could, so. I, I, I could actually see that. That would that would make a lot of sense considering like how many podcasts uh, kind of spawned from his or people that were on his network. Like I believe, what didn't the read come from from his network or he put them on or co-signed them? Like he's put I on some other so. podcasts, like that other like black black podcaster uh, podcast. And yeah, he's he's like uh, one of the major ones, like all time. And it's it all it always annoys me when you see like these list of most influential podcasters ever and stuff like that. And and one day we'll be on that list. But it, it does suck that like someone as talented and as important as Combat Jack continues to get ignored and and not placed on that list. Yeah. So R.I.P. Combat. Uh, yeah. So let's let's move on real quick and talk about free, free tax stone. Hey, be safe though. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about tax stone. Be the real other day. safe. Be real safe. I was thinking safe. about him the other day. I was like, bro, like that's that's wild. He has some great episodes too. He's still tweeting though. He's still getting them tweets off though. Jail is a different place. You can actually buy e-cigarettes in prison too, which I saw, which was interesting. So the more you know. Do, do we want to do the Gronkowski CTE or Tebow? Well, the Tebow was bad, so. Well, I mean, in which which one do we want to do first? Because I have some takes Tebow. on Tebow. Tebow. <laughs> well, okay, we'll do the Gronkowski CTE real quick. So pretty much Gronkowski was alluding. So why did you ask? Two, because it's not going to take but two seconds because apparently nobody cares. But pretty much he said that he had, like, if you know who Rob Gronkowski is, then you probably don't watch football. You probably shouldn't listen to this podcast. But he is a retired tight end for the New England Patriots. Um, he said he had like maybe 20 concussions in his career. And he pretty much tweeted a doctor, a neurosurgeon, saying that there were ways to treat CTE. And I'm assuming it has to do with like marijuana and all that stuff. And people flamed him. It's like, how are you going to tell a neurosurgeon that you can treat CTE? And he also said that he would let his kid play football. So the quick question for you guys listening, let me know, let us know. Um, El Chapo, would you let your kid play football, yes or no? Yes, if they want to. I support them. Mr. Savage, yes or no? Uh, no. Marcus, the only person with kids on this podcast, yes or no? No. Was that a no? That was a no. <clears throat> And I've spoken about this before in previous episodes. I am now, I was in the yes category, but now I am in the leaning no category. So let us know what y'all think about that. All right. Tim Tebow. Oh, All right. Man. So I'm a lead on this one. So um, in case you guys yeah, please, have been please. living under a rock, uh, I think everybody knows who Tim Tebow is. Uh, former Florida Gator great. 
uh, two-time national championship winning, even though only one of them he gets credit for in my eyes. Uh, failed NFL quarterback. Um, it should be a, I don't know how he ended up playing baseball, but he actually, I guess he's okay. Uh, and, and he got like an amazing job as a sportscaster. So, uh, anyway, Tim Tebow comes out. Uh, Tim Tebow comes out and basically says that, in his opinion, and this is me paraphrasing, that college kids should play for the honor of playing for that university and not play for money. And he then, you know, pounds his fist on the table and that's what's wrong with America and yada, yada, yada we're adding to the problem. So uh, I just wanted to bring up a couple of points. Okay, so a few years ago, there was a, a freshman running back. This was back in 2010. This dude was like amazing. His name was Mark Slattimore. Amazing career. You knew he had superstar potential uh, playing uh, running back for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Had two horrific knee injuries before he even made it to the league. Luckily, he had the foresight to have an insurance policy. Um, he, he ended up being able to cash that out for $1.7 million. Uh, his actual contract that he signed was for $4 million with a $300,000 signing bonus uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he retired like after his first year, he was just on injury reserve and just retired. And it's like, so this is a guy that could have earned tens of millions of dollars and you're reduced to just $1.7 million, which is good. But it's like, you, you have more stories of that than you do of these guys getting an Ezekiel Elliott type of deal or, you know, a Ty Gurley type of, of deal. And it's like, to me, if you're playing football at the highest level uh, to where you're a known commodity, your jersey is selling without your name on it. Uh, there was a time when, of course, your likeness will be used, you know, in, in video games and different things like that. It's just, Odd to me that a guy like a, like to me, you should be fairly compensated. And I think a guy like Tebow, who is the optimum of white privilege. I mean, he came from a very wealthy family in Ponte Vedra, Florida. You, you get a chance. And I mean, to me, Tim Tebow is not the smartest guy in the world. I mean, he can, he barely even makes sense when he talks to me on TV. He sounds so Jacksonville to me. No, no, you know, not trying to throw in his lights. Yeah, he, he doesn't sound very smart really at all. Don't. And you you end up getting gifted, you know, a prominent show for college game day. You end up getting uh, gifted a chance to play minor league baseball. You somehow uh, get a couple of years in, in the league. And for you to sit here and act as if guys that are coming from you know, less than desirable situations shouldn't be compensated is ridiculous to me. So I'm going to pass it over to, uh, you know, yourself, uh, South Breeze or 706 SB reports. What are your thoughts? So I watched it two times and I felt dumber every time I watched it. 
So two of the things that he was trying to justify with this is that the authenticity and realness of the game would be gone if we paid players. And my, my counterpoint to that is, is the authenticity of all those practices and hits and concussions and time not used to be studying not authentic. Like, does that go away? Does the realness of injuries and time away from family and time away from classes go away? Does the realness of all the money that the NCAA is making off you for, a cup for probably the most important years of your life go away? No, that's that's retarded. And he was saying that pretty much if we pay the players, it's like it's going to be like the NFL. Whoever has the most money, that's where the kids go. And I'm like, I know you were briefly in the NFL, but there is a thing called a salary cap. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's things in place to make it so that's not the case. But I don't I don't know what you're what he was talking about with that. And then he said he said he pretty much I'm going to paraphrase, not going to set the standard for people doing it the wrong way. Using the NCAA for any type of line of morality is absurd. And he knows that. Because the NCAA messes up things all the time. Their policies are terrible across the board. As you can see with the uh, the Rich Paul rule, they had to quickly take away. So using the NCAA as a, a lot of morality is piss poor on Timothy's part. But again, if you don't know anything about Timothy Tebow, he, he comes from a place of privilege. He's from Ponte Vedra Beach. Go Google the home values out there. Um, there's a lot of black athletes coming out against him, pretty much pointing out his his white privilege, right? That he wasn't missing meals. He was getting care packages. He didn't have to worry for anything. There's a lot of players, again, the NCAA, college football for most college sports, they they build their their empire off the backs of poor and disenfranchised black people. And again, that's one thing that Jason Woodlock said that I didn't really agree with, saying that there hasn't been a better industry for black people within the NFL or whatever, which, you know, college gets you there, but that, that is true. They do get people out of bad situations, but they kind of get them out of bad situations, put them in kind of worse situations. That makes sense. Cause at least in high school, you can work to su help support your family in college. You literally don't have a second to do anything. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really, and again, I, I think this kind of, kind of reinforces kind of the narrative of white supremacy, not calling Tim Tebow white supremacist. But again, what is, what is your issue with paying black athletes? Like, why is that a problem? Who is, who is hurt? Like there's no problem with a bunch of old white men making billions of dollars a year off them, but you can't give guys the money that you have. I can understand if you didn't have the money, but you have the money. Like what is the problem with paying these people? Like other athletes can make money off themselves and other sports. But yeah, I know Aaron Foster came out against him. Tory Smith came out against him. They, they, he needs to sit face to face and like get a dose of reality. Like I get it. All your passion and rah rah sells for the college football programs. But a lot of those people are rational fans that don't know anything. And they just like, oh, it's Tebow. He was the greatest college quarterback, blah, 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 SEC, rah, rah, rah. But like you gotta you gotta look past all that stuff, man. Like do your Googles. That's all I can say. But I definitely do not agree with Tim Tebow at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, I'm obviously gonna agree with everybody else on this thing. Like I would encourage people to watch like real life documentaries on what college football 
and especially like junior college football, like watch uh, Last Chance U, you will see there's a lot of players out there playing the game of football, not because they want to, but because they feel like they have to, because they're coming from a place where, you know, a lot of people don't don't make it where they're from. A lot of people don't have any other options, you know, and, you know, they find out that they're good or elite at a sport and they they view this as a way out. And if you look at the numbers, it takes like the, the numbers aren't great as far as percentages of players, you know, making it to the NFL. They're not great. But a lot of these players will still put their whole pretty much their whole life on the line to make it to the NFL. And it's just like it's just. I'm I'm tired of wealthy white men getting on TV and telling black people they shouldn't be able to make money. It's getting old. Like I'm I'm getting sick of it. Like Tim Tebow's net worth, he's worth over ten million dollars. If he opened up a mega church somewhere in Florida, he'd be worth billions of dollars, probably. And 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 it's just like I, I hear the stories about uh the the guy uh, Adolphus brought up Ladmore. And you know, they go to college and they break they literally break their bodies. You know, you have to worry about learning the playbook, staying in shape, trying to eat, your course load, all these other things. And then on top of that, your mom might be at home. You know, you could be playing for USC and your mom lives in Florida. And now your mom is saying like, hey, I can't turn the light. I can't keep the lights on. Now you have that on your plate as well. I can't pay my car note. I can't do all these things. And now you have to worry about that. So why not give these players money that they are earning, that they deserve to to support them? You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you know, you hear about these players or you hear about people saying, well, they're getting paid in the education. And what most people don't know is that a lot of these scholarship athletes, when they go to pick a major, they're not able to pick whatever major they want. They need to pick a major that fits with their football schedule. So you're not even able to get the education that you want. You're not like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, just look at it this way. Imagine the people that were in uh, Harry Potter, those actors, they were all kids. They were college age. Well, they started out like as what middle schoolers and they were college age kids while they were still making those movies. Those movies brought in hundreds of millions of dollars. Now imagine those kids didn't make any money off of that movie. How would you feel about that? How do you think people would feel about that? Do you think rules would change at that point? Oh, yeah. You think people would just be like, oh, that's fine. It's, it's cool that they didn't like, I, know, I understand like the writers make money, the producers make money, the directors make money, the advertisers make money, the movie theaters make money. But these kids, nah, don't worry about that. We don't need to pay them. People would lose their minds. And Tim, Tim Tebow needs to get off his fucking high horse because... If we're going to be honest, he wasn't that great at Florida. And the only reason that he is a somewhat legend in Florida is because Cam Newton got caught stealing, allegedly got caught stealing laptops because he was his backup in Florida. And if Cam Newton would have made it to practice or made it to camp, Tim Tebow would have been on the bench because Cam Newton is the greatest college football player ever. So Tim Tebow wasn't beating that guy out. And then Tim Tebow, as a mediocre, mediocre quarterback who didn't have any of the tangibles and didn't test well in the combine, Still got drafted in the first round. Still was able to have a what a four to five year career when he shouldn't even have been drafted over players who you know get one shot and are gone. And then you uh, then you get to the to the minor leagues with no real experience, and now you're on TV shows with no real experience. Like we have people like Jalen Rose who went to school for stuff like that, 
and who practiced and uh like while he was while he was a player he got reps in as being a, a talking head on tv tim tebow didn't do that people were just like oh that's tim tebow put him on tv and i don't want to be like i know people don't like it but how many industries are there or have there been where mostly young black men work for free and put billions of dollars in white people's pockets what's another industry that does that without getting paid there's only one and i know people get uncomfortable when you compare it to that but give me another example or something like that happened yeah those those are excellent points and even with the whole it kind of brings it back around full circle like why was cam newton stealing laptops Probably because Cam Newton needed money because Cam <laughs> Newton was probably hungry or needed money for something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you wasn't his dad players, like he was? Wasn't his dad like looking for teams to pay him? Yeah, that was after the fact. Yeah, after the fact. There's a reason yeah. for that. And and the, a, a crazy thing I saw I, I actually saw this the other day. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna go long on this, but uh, some oil tycoon from uh from southern some southern state uh, just recently passed away at like 91. And they, they put it on ESPN, and apparently throughout his life, as a donor, he gave a, it's either Texas A&M or Auburn or one of, the, one of those schools. I can't think of the name of it. But he gave that school over his lifetime over $500 million in donations. Like, the money is out there. They just don't want to give it to him. This dude, one guy gave $500 million over decades but we can't find money to pay the players. Just say you don't want to pay them. Don't don't treat us like we're stupid, okay? Because the money is there. Just say you don't want to pay them, and go from there. Great facts. So yeah, definitely let us know your thoughts. I did a quick poll, and most of the people agreed that they should play the players. Um, I didn't know I followed that many white people that felt that he shouldn't get paid because that's the only people that would have voted don't play the players. And if not, then I'm wrong. Let me know. But um, definitely, definitely. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk about this next week or some point, but definitely go check out the book, uh, White Fragility. It's got a, a lot of interesting points on the white supremacy and the system of racism. And the great thing about the book is that it's written by a white person. So it's it's pretty much a white person calling out white people on the bullshit. And I am here for that. So I uh, definitely appreciate y'all checking this out. Again, drop a review on SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts, add us on Twitter, join the conversation, uh, share with your friends and family. You know what I'm saying? Retweet the pod. We appreciate all support. Um, shout out to everybody who rocks with us. Uh, y'all got some quick shout outs? Uh, shout out to the Joint Podcast. I'll shout be on there man. this Monday. Thanks for, I mean, I'm sorry, this Tuesday. Thanks for having me on. Uh, as always, thank y'all for rocking with the Committee Podcast. It's AC Savage out. Shout out to all the uh, football fans who think that after week one that your season is over. It's only week one. Or at this point, when you hear it, it'll be week two. So your team's either 2-0, 0-1-1, or 0-2, 1-1, or 0-1-1-1, and 1-and-whatever. Like, your season's not over after tonight, and you're not going to the playoffs based on what happened. So, like, it, the season's still early. Like, chill. Yes, relax, Falcons fans. Relax. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, we have we have a shot. I watched I watched the uh, all twenty two. I broke down the film on the uh, both games, and a lot of it was self inflicted self inflicted wounds on the Falcons. Like honestly, they I don't know how the Redskins or I'm sorry the Washington franchise lost that game. 
I don't know how that was possible. Like they were they were giving them the business. Pretty much Deshaun Jackson beat them. So I feel like if we can contain Deshaun Jackson, we'll be fine. And uh, try to contain uh, Jordan Howard and uh, Darren Sproles. Shout out to Darren Sproles still be in the league looking like pretty decent. That's crazy. And he broke his leg at some point. So shout out to him. But yeah, this is me, Podcast, South SB Report 706. We out. Peace. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast, here to thank you for rocking with the thekidswearcrowns.com and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com. We've got a plethora of content for you, articles, TV and movie reviews, playlists, and a collective of podcasts, which includes Don't Call This a Podcast, Sturdy Show Presents the Barbershop Podcast, Two Dope Smarks, The Committee Podcast, Pretty Petty Politics, and We Bring in Love Back. We've also got a brand new webcast called Politics as Usual, hosted by Ron and AJ. So be sure to go to thekidswearcrowns.com, subscribe if you like what you see, and follow us on Twitter at the KWC blog.